on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. ESPN Radio, 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica Rose, tapping the Mohawk Valley, great to have you on board today, today is the day, yesterday was kind of the day, today though, today my friends is the day, the day for this, the ESPN app to take us with you wherever you go, because for the love of Pete, get outside. Enjoy this current 84-degree sunny day in central New York. Not that you need me here at 4.03 p.m. to tell you to do that because you probably are. You got the windows down. You're out and about and doing things. We're about to hit the summer months. It's May 2nd, maybe kind of, sort of, spring slash summer weather is here. Let's just skip spring and go right to summer. I'm down with that. We've already lost spring. We're already thinking about summer anyway. Let's just skip right to summer. I, I am fine with it probably means like global warming and all that, but we could, that ship kind of sailed a long time ago, right? Not according to certain people that run the country, but, you know, stick to sports. Yay, democracy! And all that. 437-7644, Brent X Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. The app is a great way to listen. You download the ESPN app, you hit the listen tab, and off you go. Wherever you go, we go with you. We've got three guests joining us today. It is a busy, busy program today. Brian Burns will join us this hour. Brian uh, is a great NHL reporter with a heavy focus on the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're going to check in with the parent club. The Syracuse Crunch, as we know, start their playoff series tomorrow in Toronto, second round. They swept the Amherst and now get the Marlies. Not going to be an easy stretch by any imagination for the Crunch. By the way, if you missed our Fun chat with Crunch defenseman Reed McNeil. That's up on our website, ESPNSyracuse.com. Just hop in the audio vault where you can find all of our interviews. Let's check in with the parent club and the influence of the Crunch, the back and forth there, all the players that we have seen come through here now kicking butt in Tampa as they get ready to renew their series with the Boston Bruins tonight. So we'll go to Baston. Brian Burns will join us this hour. Talk some hockey with him. Top of next hour. Always look forward to chatting with this guy. He is a Syracuse grad on the NBA beat. Nick Friedel will join the program. He is currently covering the Golden State Warriors series with the New Orleans Pelicans. Steph Curry comes back last night, but we will discuss all the NBA playoff goings on. LeBron James does it again last night. I don't know if raptoring is a thing. I think I kind of made up that term, and I should probably trademark that. 
But boy, did the Raptors Raptor. We got Drake and Perkins getting into it last night. A lot of beeping words that you can't repeat on the radio going on. I think Drake is officially taking the title as the most annoying celebrity sports fan, right? I'm sure we could come up with more. I think he lapped Spike Lee a long time. I, th- I, re- I think he did. I think he did. So we'll talk NBA with our buddy Nick Friedel. We will bring on Seth Everett next hour as well. Not only our MLB insider, Seth now writing about sports business for Forbes. And, you know, Seth, he's a big comic book guy. Of course, Avengers. The big Avengers movie is out, so I want to get his thoughts on that. I am not an Avengers guy. I'm nothing against it. It's just something I never got into. But every, I mean, this movie, you go off the heels of Black Panther, which was one of the biggest movies ever, and now this Avengers, what is it, Civil War or Infinity War, I believe they're calling it. Like, every superhero ever fights in this movie, and everybody is just reacting to this. I don't want, I know how it ends. I know the plot details of it, which I won't say here. I mean, I don't want to be that guy. But most people kind of have a sense that something really big happened in this movie. So Seth is an expert on that. He does a podcast about that stuff. We like to veer off the sports page once in a while with our buddy Seth Everett. We will do that later in the show. So three guests joining us. Would love for you to be my guest on a number of things as well. We're also going to play real or fake Kentucky Derby horse name today. Every year, this is a little tradition we started a couple years ago on the show. I avoid the names. If I see anything about the Kentucky Derby, I don't click on it. I don't read it. I will say this. The only horse I've seen, isn't there a a horse named Gronkowski in the Kentucky Derby this year? I have seen that. But what I do is I intentionally avoid seeing, you know, the field and the names and the contenders for the Kentucky Derby because we play a game on the show called Real or Fake Horse Name. Well, Seth, it's just as simple as it sounds. Seth will come in. He will read horse names, and I will try to determine if they are real or fake horse names in the actual Kentucky Derby running this Saturday. Hot takes as usual and more. But I wanted to start with this program, with this story on this program, I should say, which I uh, was spotted in USA Today, and Jay Billis uh, put this out there today. I saw a number of people writing and discussing this, including our good friend Mike Waters. And that is this. Former Wisconsin men's basketball player Nigel Hayes said this week that he and former teammates discussed boycotting a game early in the 2016-17 season, to protest the NCAA's limits on what athletes can receive while playing college sports. At the time, Hayes was and remains among the named plaintiffs in one of two ongoing lawsuits challenging the NCAA's current system, under which athletes basically can receive tuition, fees, room, board, books, and money to cover certain incidental costs of attending college. Now playing for the NBA Sacramento Kings, Hayes told the story of the boycott discussion while appearing on a panel at an Aspen Institute event in Washington, D.C., titled Future of College Sports, Re-Imaging Athlete Pay. Okay, So he goes on to tell the story of how during his senior year he proposed to his teammates via group chat that they refused to play in a game that was part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge and televised on ESPN. The game was scheduled to be played November 29th in Madison, and at the time, both teams were nationally ranked. So this would have been a real statement, because there was a little rumble this year that some teams, you know, Jalen Rose and some experts were talking about this, that they should boycott the Final Four. That would really send a message about paying athletes, and it's like, that's just a dumb idea. 
you would certainly get your message across. You would have the most captive media audience out there to chronicle your story. But how fair would that be to your teammates that are like, no, I want to play in the Final Four, dope. Because not everybody is set to cash in and get paid on this thing, which always makes this pay college athletes discussion complicated. And I don't mean schools paying athletes directly. That won't work. That's not what they should do. It's the profiting off your likeness. If you are a name that is significant enough, that is marketable, and you don't have to be a star. You don't have to be a NBA draft pick. We know how popular players can be in popular college markets, and you don't have to be the star of the team to do it. And this is a market that is an example of that. I have brought up a number of times how popular Syracuse basketball players are in this city and how, you know, are they going to get rich and dive into their Scrooge McDuck vault of money every morning off it? No. But they certainly would have an opportunity to do sponsorships, commercials, paid gigs in media, for example, which coaches do, you know, all disclosure here on our Galaxy media stations. And they don't have to be the biggest name on the team because they're that popular in this town. I've maintained that they should have the opportunity to do that and will continue to maintain that, right? But boycotting the Final Four, as it was suggested this past year, I mean, that's just stupid. You don't work all year to get to the crown jewel of what you do and then step aside. That makes no sense. As much as the NCAA's hypocrisy shows every year and how much they profit off these players with their television deal and everything, people aren't wrong to point that out, but that's not the time to boycott. Nigel Hayes brings up, let's pick a nationally televised game against a fellow ranked team in the beginning of college basketball season and make a statement there. And that would have been, and the way the media works today, how, yes, this the news cycle goes quickly, but certain things cut through the noise and linger. Stormy Daniels, I think, is a good example. Of Yay, that. democracy! Certain stories stick to the wall. That, I think, would have been one that would have lasted. And you, so what do you do after that? Do you skip the next game? And see, we've made it this far in this conversation, and I've buried the lead a little bit intentionally here because the game that Nigel Hayes and company at least proposed, thought about, almost boycotted, was against Syracuse. Syracuse this year is an unwilling participant in history and that Darius Baisley decided to skip college altogether, go to the G League, which is a path that's been taken before but is certainly still one that is not a trampled path like you got to you know you got to bring the weed whacker with you to get through that path right so Syracuse is an unwilling participant in history there basically top 10 player we know the story by now right so it was nothing against Syracuse or Jim Beheim or, or the program itself it's just that was what turned out to be the best decision for him and it Turned out he was committed here. So you're like, okay, uh, that's great. Like, there are certain trailblazing stories you don't want to be a part of. I think Syracuse would have been another unwilling participant in history there, right? They'd be like, uh, no, we just kind of want to play a game here. You guys want to protest and make your mark and get your message out there. Hey, that's great, but, you know, you're still going to pay us to come out here to Madison and, and at least attempt to play this game, right? There would have been a number of things that would have come out of that. So it's fascinating to me that that's out there. So what I want to know now, and it may not be a long list, how many other times has this discussion taken place? How many other players, how many other teams 
have discussed this. And I was looking around today, and I didn't find that many. It's interesting. And see, Nigel Hayes can say this now because he's in the NBA. He made it. He's safe. He is making millions of dollars. He's a professional athlete. He has the leverage to say this. What would be really interesting, and again, if I'm missing out on a current athlete who has said this, please send me the link and remind me. What would be really interesting if, say, somebody from Duke, who's currently on the roster, came out and said, yeah, we thought about doing that this year, too. You know, a big-time player. I mean, I'm just using this as an example for the conversation. What if Tyus Battle came out and said, yeah, yeah, we thought about that. Because as much weight as it carries that Nigel Hayes says this, he's now, he's okay now. Like, there's no risk anymore. It's, it's, it's a woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's like, well, what are you really putting on the line here? You're in the NBA now. You made it. But it takes a voice like that. It would take a name that people know to really make this resonate. You know, no offense to, like, North Dakota, but if they decided to do this, no one would care. It's got to be a – and that's a question to me right there. Would Nigel Hayes in Wisconsin, you know, hindsight being 2020, have been a big enough name sitting out a big enough game that it would have made a ripple? Because it's not always going to be Kansas, Kentucky where this happens. Sometimes it is just a – Regular old game down the road, but enough attention on it. It's ESPN's event. They'd have, you know, I can't remember who called that game, but I imagine it was, you know, Vital or somebody of that nature would be there. They'd be on the scene. Like, you've got to calculate this right. Here's what Hayes told USA Today Sports, by the way. I knew 90% of the guys were on board from the get-go before I asked the question, but I let them know that if one of you guys says no, we won't do it because obviously we're a team and we're going to stick together. He goes on to say this, quote, in hindsight, I think those guys that said no would change their mind now. That's usually what happens. The guys who don't go on to the NBA, once they leave college, they look back and they say, wow, I was exploited, and now I have nothing to show for it. So I think we missed our opportunity, but hopefully this word gets out and it will inspire a group of kids that are in college now or will be in college. And I just made that point. Who's out there that is on a team, has a talent level, that is on par with Nigel Hayes in a nationally ranked team and has a platform? And who will step up and do it? Because I do think that will happen sometime. This is something I believe will happen. Which will have much more, and I know the Rice Commission just happened and they're instituting change, and but the thing they did not even come close to addressing in that was this very subject. Yeah, but what about athletes profiting off their likeness? What about the whole paying college athletes discussion? They basically tabled it because of current litigation, which to me was a cop-out. What do you care? You were, you're an independent commission hired to make suggestions to make the sport better. Eh, it's in litigation. Well, we'll get back to that. No, you actually could have made some suggestions there. So just something to think about. Syracuse was an unwilling participant in college basketball, NBA, G League, everything involved history this year with Darius Baisley. And that story obviously is still left to be settled because of what ultimately ends up happening. How does he do in the G League? Does he get drafted next year? And where? Did he hurt or help his cause? Because if he does, you're going to see a lot more players pull that move. And we start to see the separation of powers. And I think we all saw coming, but it takes a spark to light the fire. And here we're hearing about one that was almost lit, and Syracuse was right. Not the catalyst of it, 
but was involved in it. Would have been, you know, kind of collateral damage, if you will. 437-7644. Brent Dax Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. What a gorgeous day. Hope you're enjoying it. Get on the app. Listen while you're walking the dog, doing the thing. Summit the dog, by the way, made her first visit downtown today. It was very exciting. She did not make it here to Galaxy Media headquarters. She will soon, but Summit was loving downtown. A lot of you ask about the dog. Always appreciate that. She's doing great. So enjoy this great weather and listen to us while you do it. We'll come back. We're going to drop the puck when we return. I want to check on the parent club and see that back and forth train between Syracuse and Tampa. Talk some playoff hockey. Brian Burns will join us next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Hang in there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Um, what, what's happening right now? And no, just, just, just hit the button again. Let's just pretend that didn't happen. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. I mean, this isn't much better. Can we try one more time? For the love of God, please be a good bump. This right, that's is better. On the Block okay. with Brent Axe. I'll take that. That's, this, this isn't bad. I'll take you to Funky Town. Currently reworking the bumps. This is the 80s bump, as you know, which it can be dangerous. You never know what the 80s bump can give you. I'll go with this. This is okay. Just hit the thing. Let's do some hot takes, shall we? We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Who was the second guy to walk on the moon? A lot of you know that, but a lot of you are like, "Um, mm, I've got to Google that, right? Because we know that Colin Kaepernick is the biggest name in the NFL protest thing and everything that has resulted since that. But are you as familiar with Eric Reed? Because Eric Reed is a player, former San Francisco 49ers safety, who was one of the players, and there were many, on many different teams, but one of the first to not only stand by Colin Kaepernick, but literally kneel by Colin Kaepernick and this whole thing. And the reason I bring him up today is he's still looking for work, too. And he has filed a collusion grievance against the National Football League over his employment status. A source telling ESPN that Reed is working with attorney Mark Garagos, who also represented Colin Kaepernick in the quarterback's collusion grievance against the NFL. Reed's grievance is a system arbitrator case, here comes the legal stuff, that will be adjudicated under the terms of the NFL's collective bargaining agreement. The claims in Reed's grievance are similar to those of Kaepernick, the source told ESPN. Reed is 26. He remains unsigned after becoming a free agent in March when his in March, pardon me, when his rookie contract with the Niners expired. So Kaepernick's the big name. He's the flame out there. He's the one that really keeps this discussion burning. A lot of people are not as familiar with Eric Reed. Now, this whole discussion has kind of clouded my view of just how good these players are. But from what I remember. Eric and I don't watch a lot of Niners football, and it all kind of blends together at this point. Eric Reed's a pretty decent player. And given 
the, the state of the passing game in the National Football League and, and the need for a good safety on a team, there would seem to me he has a place in the NFL. If he didn't do this, he'd just be another guy on another team on another roster. And I have said this all along. Teams don't have to sign you. They are under no obligation to employ you to sign you for a lot of different reasons. Collusion is notoriously hard to prove. I mean, you need proof. You need text messages. You need Roger Goodell sending a memo to every team in the league saying, don't sign this guy. Like, collusion without proof, a lot of things are tough to, you know, prosecute without proof, obviously, but collusion, you've really got to get some stuff from owners. And they have subpoenaed some of this, and, you know, maybe they'll find something. You never know, right? You just kind of have to let the legal system play out, but... To me, it's not known collusion. It's not, you know, every GM and every owner literally put it on paper somewhere or digitally saying, do not sign these guys for this reason. It's just, well, we know we're not going to touch that guy, and we know why, but I'm just not going to say it or I'm not going to outright put it out there. I don't want – and this is the anthem stuff. What if Eric Reed was a player who had three three DWIs or had some sort of reputation – outside the field. It's not collusion if you don't sign him. I just don't want the headache. It's the same thing with Kaepernick. It's one thing to collude and say, we are not going to sign this player for this reason, and everybody, you know, the term is blackballing too, right? Like, we're going to we're gonna blackball you out of the league, for, and we have reasons to do that, and it's to protect our vested interest. In this case, it's more like, I just don't want the headache that comes with signing you, I don't, and I can probably find a safety better than you. This is why I've said all along that, First of all, the message would get lost in politics, which it clearly has at this point. And two, you need a you need a hammer to do this. Colin Kaepernick, while he certainly has achieved fame and status on this, and I think people have elevated just how good he was at the time. I and mean, the guy played the Super Bowl. He was a pretty darn good quarterback at one point. But when he started all this, he was at the bottom of the league. And I think still would be at the bottom of the league at this point. He's just, I, I think his skills have eroded. He's a decent NFL quarterback who's been made out to be Joe Montana 2.0 in this whole thing. But you need a hammer. You need an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, a huge name in football to take a stand like this for it to really seep in. But That's hot. Here's the thing that the Colin Kaepernick, Eric Reid detractors, and I am, by the way, have my hand up. I'm one of them, need to acknowledge what they did worked in a way. The NFL has committed millions of dollars to social change and to bring awareness to certain things. Into They were forced to really come to the table with the players and say, we're here to help you out. We're not only here to give you lip service, we're going to invest millions of dollars in some of these causes you believe in. So that's what worked here. But does anybody remember what Colin Kaepernick, I started this segment with a question and I'll end it with one. Does anybody remember what he was originally protesting? Because it turned into he's protesting the anthem, which is nowhere near what he was protesting, right? But a lot of good did come out of it, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And again, let me state very clearly, I didn't agree with him doing it from day one for a number of reasons that have all come to fruition. We got Number some, two. Oh, it's not, I, that's not the button I wanted to hit, but thank you for participating, voice guy. Let's come up with a top five, just so the voice guy can feel a a part of the show. Oh, I love it when I push the wrong button. We got drama in the NBA. Oh, baby, Drake. See, the Raptors know they're done after last night. I mean, I don't throw the choke word around 
a lot because I think we overuse it in sports. But how do you miss that many shots near the basket? How do you? LeBron James last night at 20. I look up at the screen at one point. He's like, eh, he's got 26, 8, and 9. And I'm like, that's it? Which just shows you how spoiled we are watching LeBron every night. The guy had a triple-double again, but shot 12 for 30. Wasn't as dominant. Didn't have his legs under him. You could see was struggling from his usual, you know, like, godlike status out there. So he needed a little help from not only Cleveland. He got a lot of help from Toronto. There is just something about this team. They cannot beat. It's not even Cleveland. They can't beat LeBron James. So the big, the biggest storyline that comes out of this is when Drake is talking smack, the player is walking off the court. And in this case, a beef started at halftime when Drake, who um, when I pick up my daughter from dance sometimes, we we not that I'm going to do this for you on the air because uh, why not? I've embarrassed myself singing other things. I am aware of Drake and how he sings. Like we'll make up Drake songs on the way home, just like we'll sing – normal songs in, in a Drake voice because it sounds really stupid, which, again, I don't, won't do on the air right now, but it's just a little cute thing we do. But Drake is, I think now, and if I'm forgetting somebody bluntly obvious here, just, you know, butt in and, and remind me, but is it safe to say he's like the most recognizable celebrity NBA fan now? I mean, Spike Lee has the, the, the Hall of Fame title and you know, you go to L.A., you go to certain markets, and there's celebrity Jack Nicholson, right, there's, that are sitting courtside. But if you're talking about, like, modern celebrities, Drake's right up there. And again, I'm, I'm probably forgetting a few obvious names here. But this keeps happening. Like, he, he he's courtside. He's right there. So when the players are walking off the court, they're like, they're literally bumping into him. And he's talking trash to these guys. And Drake is like, I don't know if this is still the case. And is he like a 5% owner in Toronto or something right now? Seth Goldberg has I would the still, studio. I would still argue the biggest celebrity fan is Jack. In the NBA? Yeah. yeah but the Lakers stink. They're I know. The and he's not as yet. famous now as he was. But I, right. I think he's. Well, what about Jay-Z like, at Net Games? I don't even think Jay-Z is up there like, He doesn't show up anymore. Right? There. He was a somewhat small percentage owner of that team. He owned a fraction of a percent. I think it's Drake. I do. I think it's Drake. I'm going to go with my man Drake. He's there every game. He knows the game. I would say Kevin Hart, but I'm I'm sick of Kevin Hart. Uh, Kevin Hart in Philly's been big. I'm sick of Kevin Hart. He can go away. Look, Spike and Jack are Hall of Famers. But if you're telling me, like, top of the rankings, at the top of their game right now, does he still go to Clipper games all the time? (laughs) I think Bill Simmons lap Billy Crystal is the biggest L.A. Clippers. I just love that he was like, I'm going to get basketball season tickets to the Clippers. Because he couldn't go to the Lakers. Yeah. Billy Crystal probably could have, but, you know. All right. Fair points, but I still think Drake takes the cake. Hey, that rhymes. But this is the biggest thing that comes out of these games. Now, I got a little audio of this. I played it earlier, but here's Drake getting into it with Perkins a little bit. So there's a lot of beeps and a lot of things going on, and security gets involved. And that was at halftime, by the way. So enjoy that, because Cleveland is somehow, some way, going to find a way to win this series. That's hot. And they really shouldn't. When LeBron James only has, what, 26, 11, and 10 last night, that's how good he is. So for all of the 
controversy is not the right word. How about dissension in the Bills Mafia when they drafted Josh Allen? They're certainly uh, not showing that in terms of jersey sales because Josh Allen's jersey already one of the top five sold amongst NFL rookies, according to Fanatics, which tracks this stuff. His jersey is currently number four behind Saquon Barkley, the Giants, Baker Mayfield with Cleveland, Sam Darnold with the Jets. And this is cool that he's in the top five. Shaquem Griffin of the Seattle Seahawks. He's the player from Central Florida. He's uh, he's missing the hand, right, but still, you know, got drafted. And there were lots of great stories on him going into the draft and during the draft. So Bills fans talk a big game on social media. We don't want this guy and yada, yada. Top five jersey sales. Top five. I was actually at the Bills store a couple weeks ago when I went to Buffalo, and I, I talked to the lady about that. I said, what do you think the jersey sales are going to be for whoever the Bills take? Because we knew it would be a quarterback. And she's like, we are ready. We're going to sell a ton of them. And like it was like preparing for an invasion. I also saw somebody order an A.J. McCarron jersey while I was there. And I was just like, you know, they're drafting a quarterback in two weeks. You should probably get that jersey. But, you know, it's your money. We've got two guests coming up next hour. We're going to talk some NBA. Maybe he's got a, a take on Drake. Nick Friedell, our buddy from ESPN, will join us. Seth Everett on baseball and Avengers and a number of things coming up. Hang in there. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye.